the Fox show, um, you're listening, you're tuning in in your car somewhere, you're watching, you're wondering who are these guys, you know, I stumbled on, Christopher Walken's on the show, I'm not sure, is he? Maybe. <laughs> This week on the What the Fox Show. Hi, I'm Russell Baxter. I'm the founder of Pro Football Guru. You can find me on Twitter at Bax Football Guru. And you're listening to The Falk Show, which has been an awful lot of fun to do. Hey there, Falkers. How the Falk are you? This is Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show. You're listening through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, Direct to my parents' phone, or the text message I just sent you. Maybe you like social media. I'm also on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, my WTF show. So go ahead and Falk and find me on there. Very excited, very lucky to do this show each week. Uh, I have people on the show. I interview them. In that interview form, we have witty informational conversation that comes out of that. And I'm very happy and very lucky that my listeners actually don't hate that. So if you like listening to somebody who actually genuinely loves what they do and genuinely loves connecting and talking to people about things they do, they're going to like the What the Falk Show. Also, another thing that we might have in common, maybe you like pizza. I love pizza. I fucking adore pizza. I like some spicy pizza. I like some regular pizza. I like all the pizza. And if you listen to the show, go to check out our sponsor, Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it. Something else I also like, something else I also have a lot of love in, that's traveling and luxury. I like luxury travel. I like to feel good when I go from place to place. So go ahead and check out American Comfort Limousines. Also, another sponsor of the show, American Comfort Limousines based out of Naples, Florida, can service you in over 550 cities with a 24-7 app online they can go ahead and help you out help you book any kind of travel that you need for those luxurious vacations that you have planned go ahead and check out americancomfortlimo.com now here on the what the Falk show my guest this week russell baxter now pro football guru a pro football expert literally the guy has football knowledge and information and ideas oozing out of his mind and i get to use that this week as a point of view and an expert point of view to give you some information about what's going to happen with this upcoming season and we go ahead and talk about the offseason moves we talk about some teams who've improved some teams who've digressed and what we can have to look for in this nfl season and always entertaining and always up and down schedule for any nfl fan out there he's worked 22 years with espn he's written for bleacher report cbs nbc fox the guy's been out there he's lended his expertise to so many different publications there's a good chance that you've either read one of his articles or you've listened to some of his analysis throughout the years. As I said, you can find the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod, direct to my parents' phone, and the text message I just sent you. This is Connor Falk, the What the Falk Show. Thanks for fucking listening. Here's uh, Mr. Russell Baxter. Hi there. Is this Russell Baxter? This is Connor Falk, the What the Falk Show. How the Falk are you? Pretty fucking good. I got to tell you, I'm really excited to have you on the program with all your 30 years of experience in the National Football League, lending your voice and your writing to so many different popular publications, including your own website, profootballguru.com. Most importantly, I'm really excited that football is about to start. Regular season is starting in less than what, like five days? I'm pretty stoked, and I can imagine you are as well. Oh, absolutely. I've always maintained a kid in a candy store attitude when it comes to my career, and uh, this year will be no different. um, every season is different. Every season is its own soap opera. And the nice part about it is it doesn't go on for five years. It ends. <laughs> it does. Like any soap opera, it's it's very climatic. It's very entertaining. And one of those things I want to ask you, you talked about being a kid in a candy store. How did how long have you actually been focusing and writing and reporting on the National Football League? Well, I, I, I grew up a fan. Um, you know, actually, I was a young baseball fan, then kind of switched over to football. And, okay. Um, you know, just retained a lot of information. Uh, always had to, to do some writing. When it was all said and done, I, I, I kind of just started writing on my own. I really didn't go to college full time. Um, started my own newsletter in, in, in the early '80s, and it just kind of morphed from there. You know, grabbing opportunity after after opportunity. College and Pro Football News Weekly, eventually ESPN, where I spent 22 years. Oh wow! Different websites now. 
just wrapped up four years with Bleacher Report. Now I do NFL Spin Zone. I did CBS Thursday Night Football on the Road last year. Uh, you know, so many different things. Spent uh, uh, ESPN was it was a thrill for me. Spent a lot of time doing the studio with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson doing NFL Primetime. That's amazing. Uh, which was you want to talk about the the ultimate fun roller coaster for a football fan? Yeah, doing live was such a blast. Absolutely, uh, Russell. That that means that I've actually watched you. I grew up basically watching you NFL Primetime, basically on Bleacher Report, NBC, CBS, like you said, those different sites. You being, would you think your love for the game has kind of contributed to your success? Because partly with my show, I really I get a kick out of interviewing the people I do and talking to them, communicating with them, and kind of getting their point of view on things. So, do you think your love of the game really led to you being just so incredibly good at it? Well, I don't know how incredibly good I at it I am, but I have enormous passion for what I do. Okay. Um, and it's that passion that. Uh, makes it fun yeah and when it's not fun anymore why do it then again i can't imagine it not being fun i mean think about what we really do in, in the media yeah you know we sit back and watch other people work and we write about it <laughs> yeah i mean it, is it really that difficult no no, it's not. And I, I can only imagine the differences and things that you've seen over all these years in terms of the game of football, how it's the exponential growth in terms of the popularity and the money and things that, that are made. So I want to go ahead and get down to it. Use your expert point of view, kind of pick your brains for the listeners out there. And I don't know if you know this, you're on the What The Falk Show. They can find it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, PodDirect, my parents' phone, and the text message I just sent. You know, one more thing that I love, I hope you do as well, and that's pizza. Russell, are you a fan of pizza? Uh, I'm a fan of most most edible objects well that's great because one thing pizza ferris pizza the sponsor of what the falk show it's the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it and one the next question i have for you do you like to travel in luxury who wouldn't right so exactly so the next part i gotta go ahead and pitch my next sponsor of the show that's american comfort limousines they can go ahead and service anybody out there in over 550 cities with a 24 7 online app so now russell we got that part of the we got that part done with american comfort limousine Possibly, you know, depending on how this goes, we make good enough friends, I can go ahead and make my way out to the East Coast and go ahead and do that. Because talk about football, we're in a limo, and we eat some pizza. I don't know, man, that sounds like a really good bro down. That sounds like a great time. Sounds like a fucking good time. So next, first question, kind of get it started. I know I'm going to be asking you some questions I'm sure you've been asked before, but the first one I want to get into before we do, like predictions and things like that, what would you say was the sneakiest best roster addition that maybe people aren't talking about? One of those things kind of went under the radar in terms of the masses, one of those roster additions, a player that got added to a team, which is really going to make a difference. Well, I had one. And now they just traded <laughs> And that was Rod Streeter. Okay. Um, wow, X-Raider. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs on a one-year deal. Um, you know, he used to be one of the Raiders' top receivers. Yeah. Uh, last year, he was finally healthy again after, you know, missing most of the previous year. Um, caught one pass in the first game against Cincinnati. Was healthy all year. They didn't play him. I understood why. Michael Crabtree. Yeah. Um, you know, Mari Cooper, et cetera, et cetera. Kansas City grabbed him, but then Kansas City just dealt him to the San Francisco 49ers. Mm. So there's a I think the sneaky part was the trade the other day. Yeah. But I think Rod Streeter, and when you look at the Niners and the help they need offensively, this was a team that scored the fewest points in the league last year. Um, I'll hang my hat on that. I don't think my top offseason pickup was Lamar Miller from Ooh. the Houston Texans. I don't can really consider that all that sneaky. Yeah, because people knew about that. Well, Rod Streeter, I love that you dropped on that. Obviously, me being a Raider fan, I followed his career coming out of Temple. I believe he only had like 35 receptions that senior year, and still Reggie McKenzie took a took a flyer on him as an undrafted free agent, and he just looked like a guy who could play football. The way he ran his routes, soft hands, so I'm always rooting for him, and I'm glad he's not on the Kansas City Chiefs anymore, I gotta be honest. So he's back in the Bay Area, but he's in the NFC. So the next question, on the other side of that coin, what about the worst roster move? Like one of those things that you just don't understand. It might be Sam Bradford or whatnot, but what was that roster move that you just don't fall can get? Well, I understand 
understand more than, I guess, some people why Minnesota did what they did. The concern over Teddy Bridgewater, I think, stretches beyond 2016. And even in the 2017, I think the Vikings found themselves in a desperate situation. Um, And desperation makes you make a deal. And Philadelphia really makes out great in it because, remember, Philadelphia's hosting the draft last year. Next year. year, And they weren't going to have a first-round pick. Now they have one again. Absolutely. As far as the move boy I, I you know sometimes you, you say that and these these things kind of come back and, and bite you I, I i will say this as far as worst moves is watching the new york jets trying to figure out the tight end position okay and that's been it's been this i mean last year they're tight are you ready for this their tight ends caught eight passes in 16 games wow i don't even know that's okay, possible five by cumberland and three by uh the name escapes me right now who's still with the team um, I know they have Matt Forte right now, um, and he's going to have to make up for a lot of those catches. In this day and age, to not, listen, Rob Gronkowski catches, will catch eight passes and a half. Yeah. Okay, so I, I was just very, very surprised that he didn't do a better job of addressing it. Um, they didn't draft anyone. Very disappointing because, you know, in this day and age, when you can spread the ball around. And listen, it's not like they're hurting for wide receivers. No. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and so on. Yeah. But I would say that was the worst move. Where, where is the tight end for the New York Jets? Well, and it's been, they've been they've had a, a void there for a while. If you talk about just Jason Morrow coming out of Texas Tech, a player who I don't even think he's on the team anymore, didn't come, right. you know, had some injuries, had some issues, looked like promising guy, but just couldn't get it together. And, you know, being a Raider fan, I can understand of just the bad luck that's been going on with the Jets. So while I have, while we're well, talking about the Jets. Round pick in 2014, he showed little flashes in the second half of the year. He didn't play at all last year yeah. because of a shoulder probably tried to come back and they cut him. Yeah, so would you say are the Jets a better team this year or are they a worse team compared to last year? I know I we think haven't... they're a better team okay. because they have a guy who I'm really keeping an eye on and that's Leonard Williams. Oh, absolutely, um, at a USC. And the, and, fact, yeah. the fact that they got Muhammad Wilkerson re-signed at the very, I mean, the deadline was 4 o'clock that day. I think it was 3.59, 3.59. they got it done. 50, whatever, 3.59.59. Yeah. They got him back. They lost Damon Harrison, which is a big, great pickup for the Giants. But Leonard Williams, to me, is going to be a real beast this year. Absolutely, I agree. And I got to go ahead and touch a hometown connection. He's actually also he's also from where I'm from, Bakersfield, California. He ended up going to high school in Florida, but he was born and bred in Bakersfield, California, as well as uh, Derek Carr. So a lot of Bakersfield connections currently in the National Football League. And we talked about Ferris Pizza, the best pizza for the best price with the most love in it in Bakersfield as well. Now, kind of more of a simple question. Who's the most improved team this year? Who would you say? Before a snap goes, I know we haven't seen it yet on, the, on film, but so far, who would you say is the most improved football team? Well, I, you know what? I, I have it two different ways. I, I, to me, the Chicago Bears are definitely one of the most improved teams in the league. There's probably a couple I could name, to be honest with you. And more so with the Bears on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I think the Houston Texans are the most improved team on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a very improved football team. Um, I don't know. Not enough to catch Carolina in the NFC South, but definitely maybe make some noise yeah um that's some of the things they did with their coaching staff and some of their free agents so houston to me is very very intriguing they already had a pretty solid defense they recovered from that two and five start last year um and i love what they did offensively you know the draft with will fuller and braxton miller bringing in lamar miller in the running game bolstering your offensive line osweiler who will learn a lot from bill o'brien fascinating well, can I go ahead and ask you this guy or that guy? Um, who would you rather have as a starting quarterback? I'm glad you brought up the Texans. Would you rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick or Brock Osweiler for this season? I, I think I would rather have Brock Osweiler. I'd rather I have he Brock. He showed enough. He showed enough. And, I, and listen, Ryan 
Fitzpatrick with Chan Gailey has been money. Yeah. There's no question about that. Okay. You look at all Ryan Fitzpatrick's success, the three years in Buffalo, the one year with the Jets, it's been that combination. But Brock Osweiler has the capabilities of growing into a really good quarterback with Bill O'Brien, who has done wonders with the quarterbacks he's had there in Houston for two years. It's amazing that he has a pair of winning seasons considering all the in and out in that position. Yeah, just an amazing coaching staff, and he's been able to win with so little. So now you would think a former second-round pick coming in, getting all that money, you know, winning a Super Bowl, obviously not necessarily on his back. But Osweiler, I don't know. So would you say, Would you, I, I'd obviously assume in that division, you'd rather have Mariota over Osweiler just for the future? Yes? No? I, well, I know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I still would think Marcus Mariota is an unknown quantity. Okay. But, but I will say this, and I was talking to somebody about this today. The thing that impressed me the most about what Tennessee did with Marcus Mariota last year is the fact that they pretty much played him under center, okay? Yeah. Um, Some of the kids who were coming out of school in these spread offenses and and so on, they, you know, plays are designed to take advantage of the stuff they did in college. For the most part, Marcus stayed under center and didn't play under the shotgun. That's not the same he didn't run. He didn't have a ton of running yards last year. He got most of them in one play against Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. okay? But the fact that they were grooming him in the NFL system, I think, very votes very, very well for him. I mean, you look at all the young quarterbacks in, in the AFC South. It, it, it's, I mean, it's pretty. You, think, you know, it's funny. Brock Osweiler, I think, might be the oldest guy there. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. It's not him. It's Andrew Luck. I mean, Osweiler was what drafted in Second, 2012. Yeah. So was Andrew Luck. Bortles a couple years had that. Mariota just got there. A lot of young guns in the AFC South. And the AFC South, for the first time, is going to be offensively and just overall a very tough division, it seems like. I mean, they, they, oh, everyone has improved. Bro, Jacksonville took major strides on offense. They Two years in a row, they were the lowest scoring team in the league. Yeah. Uh, now they need to make some major strides on defense because last year they gave up the second most points in the league. Absolutely. Well, next I want to ask about you. We also brought up Jameis Winston. Well, you brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I really thought that was interesting because I personally, I think, you know, fantasy football, I'm not exactly, this isn't an episode for that, but the people you think are going to do well and not well, I think that would obviously coincide with fantasy football success. So to me, I look at Jameis Winston as a guy who come next year is going to be a fourth, fifth round, fourth, fifth round pick, meaning I think he's going to have a pretty good season. And I think you're going to get a possible star in the league on your hands. Is that part of why you have the confidence in the Buccaneers is because of Jameis? Well, that's certainly part of it because the development he made after the first four games in the final 12 games was very, very impressive. He cut back on the turnovers. His production went up. He wound up throwing for 4,000 yards, which sometimes tells you something, sometimes doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. You think about how he started out in that first game against Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans, and it was a disaster for them. And yet, you know, they're sitting there at 500, you know, slumped down the stretch. One of the other reasons, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm high on Tampa, is their coaching that Dirk Cutter takes over as the head coach. He's one reason that Jameis Winston played better as the season went on. Yeah. Um, they also have Mike Smith there now, too. Mike Smith uh, was the head coach in Atlanta when Dirk Cutter was there. Now the roles are reversed. He's brought in some of his former pupils. So I think Tampa Bay will be better on defense. I just think overall last year was a good learning experience for him. And funny, Jameis Winston, who has had his ups and downs off the field and when he was at school and so on, and people questioning some of his decisions, and understandably so, yeah. has really already emerged as the leader of that team. He has, he has, and he went ahead and he said lost like what twenty pounds or added some muscle and everything. So the guy kind of understands his priorities. And the thing that I've noticed, which I'm sure you would agree, being an actual expert, is that if they're going to be a successful quarterback or player in the league, they have to want money. They have to maybe some fame or whatever, but they have to love the game of football, watching film, showing up, working out, all those things. Would you say to be a good player, as you are a good writer? You have to love what you're doing. You have to love the sport. Well, I think that goes 
for any profession. Having yeah. a passion for what you do. It's is is it you know it's work, but is it just a job to you? Absolutely. You look at Jameis Winston, and the thing. Listen, the thing that was so funny about you think about the final years at Florida State, all those comeback wins. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they dug them souls hole after hole after hole after hole, week after week after week after week. So you know that, that's one thing I guess we know about Jameis Winston that he can overcome. A, a little adversity on the field and so on. But I just like the makeup of the team in general. Doug Martin rebounded last year, was the second leading rusher in the league. They're not a team without flaws. And again, in that division, it's going to be very, very tough. But I wouldn't be surprised if they nudged the Carolina Panthers just a bit. Yeah, a lot of questions in the NFC South. We got the Buccaneers look like have a breakout season with Jameis Winston, all the young offensive weapons. We're on the What the Fox show right now. My guest is Russell Baxter, profootballguru.com, creator of that, a writer, adding your voice. You've been on NFL Primetime, Bleacher Report, NBC, CBS, ESPN, Yahoo, fan sided. The list continues to go on. You are a true expert in America's game, which I like to call it, and that's Falcon football. Now, next I want to ask you, we talked about the teams that improved the most. Can you give me the team that the fans are listening and it's like, oh, Falk, my team has actually regressed in the terms of this offseason so far in the preseason. Is there a team that looks like they're going to go ahead and take a step back from last year? Uh, I don't know if a 3-13 and 13 team can regress, <laughs> okay? Um, but I, and I don't even know if regress is, is the, the right word, yeah. but it's start over time in Cleveland again. Yeah, it is. Okay? And, you know, not only is what they do as an organization – um, got to be frustrating for fans and people who watch them because they are constant and rebuilt. I mean, Hugh Jackson, who and they, and I will say this: I thought that was a really good hire. Yeah. And the reason I thought it was a good hire is he's worked with John Harbaugh. He's worked with Marvin Lewis, so he's got some familiarity in the AFC North. And the lack of familiarity is what has killed the Browns. Mm. I mean, he's their ninth head coach since 1999. I have renamed Robert Griffin. He is now RGXXV. (laughs) He's RG25 because he will be the 25th different starting quarterback for the Browns since they came back in the league in 1999. Is there any reason to think that a guy who hasn't hasn't shown the ability to consistently throw out of the pocket effectively or not take hits or or not hold on the ball too long, is there a reason to think that this might be a year he actually bounces back to that rookie season? Or or are we just... I think Hugh Hugh Jackson will put him in positions to do a a, a lot of good things. Okay. And again, the familiarity will certainly help. The problem with the Browns is not that they don't sometimes have talent. It's the fact that they don't keep everybody together. Yeah. I mean, they just went through a stretch. You know, they drafted, what, five players or six players from 2011 to 2014? They're all gone. Yeah. In the first round. All their first rounders are gone from... They took Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel in the first round of 2014. They're both gone. Yeah. They took Fred Richardson and Brandon Weed in the first round of 2012. They're gone. Barkevius Mingo, gone. Phil Taylor, gone. Okay? Yeah. Those guys are supposed to be in their primes right now. Okay, especially the guys who were drafted in 2012 and 2011. And unfortunately for them, they play in a division with three other teams that are all about continuity. Yeah. Just look at the head coaches. Marvin Lewis has been there since 2003. John Harbaugh has been there since 2008. Mike Tomlin begins his 10th year. He was there in 2007. And by the way, one of my favorite stats, but it's not a good one if you're a Browns fan. We just said Hugh Jackson is their ninth head coach since 1999 they play annually against the pittsburgh steelers 
who are on their third head coach. It's 1969. Wow. Well, there's a difference right there. Success in the draft and continuity leading to success in the National yes. Football League. So, again, as a Raiders fan, I could, I've seen that happen. And now with some consistency in the draft room and the, who's running the organization, you start seeing some success. So one of those things that obviously bodes well for a team or negatively, depending on how they're running it. Uh, next, okay, let's talk about Rookie of the Year. Who's your Rookie of the Year candidate? We'll go ahead and we'll go by award by award. Who, who's your prediction right now for Rookie of the Year? Now, when you say Rookie of the Year, you know, are you talking about offensive or defensive? Because they actually give out both. They do. I was just going to say overall the most like impactful rookie, the rookie who puts up the most stats, who contributes the most positivity to their team in terms of on-the-field success. But you can do both. It's up to oh, you. Oh, okay. Um, boy, I, 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 you're going to you threw me for a little loop here, so I'm going to have to think because I haven't really done any of my awards yet. Okay, um, no worries. Well, how, know, about, how about uh, comeback, comeback player of the year? Maybe we'll that's come back, We'll come back and do rookies. Okay. Okay. So maybe comeback player of the year would that maybe be also not on your radar yet, or maybe people you can already kind of think might win that. Oh, no, I, um, I think I'm looking at Jordy Nelson of the Green Bay Packers. Jordy Nelson, so great. So that's yeah. a great topic right there. So Jordy Nelson, I'm worried about his age. Are you in any way, or is he still in his prime? No, I think he's still in his prime. I'm not worried about his age. Uh, you know, there are certain positions where you get craftier. Yeah. Okay. If you're worried about Jordy Nelson's age, then you should be worried about Antoine Golden's age. And I don't mm-hmm. have any worries about Antoine Golden. Absolutely. And, be, and, and you shouldn't have any worries about Larry Fitzgerald, who's also older as well. But the work okay. ethic with these guys is so intense and in such an elite level that they continue to just get younger in a way on the field. Well, you learn more about the game. And yeah. you learn what you can do and what you can't do. And that, I mean, that's really what an athlete is all about. Knowing what they can do, and what they, and that's what makes a great coach. Knowing what your player can do and what your player can't do. Yeah. It's the same thing with. Look at Larry Fitzgerald last year. Bruce Arians moved him into the slot. Okay, he took on the war like a Heinz Ward role that Arians had with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Larry responded with an enormous career uh, year. Yeah, he had a great year. Okay, well next, okay, we talked maybe some players you can't see. Is MVP also something you think is a little too early to predict? Really? Wow. Passer in terms of rating last year. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to, you know, I know Thomas Rawls is coming back. I know there will always be a running team, but his emergence as a passer last year, and, you know, nine times out of ten, it usually goes to a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, so I would lean there. But I, 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 if you haven't figured out that I'm big on Lamar Miller and what he could do this year, Lamar Miller, like a couple of years ago, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, but I believe DeMarco Murray was the offensive player of the year. You could see something like that. Okay, well, you talked about MVP in terms of Lamar Miller, in terms of quarterback Russell Wilson. So if you're saying there was a shift in the offensive strategy, obviously, with Marshawn going out or whatnot. So the last eight games, he just went off passing-wise. So would we think that that's a shift of where they're going to focus? Because if you look at all those quarterbacks, they start off on their rookie contract. They have a great team around them, but eventually they have to pay up for that quarterback. And usually, in my experience, what I've seen, they do kind of shift and put all the responsibility on the quarterback. And of course, why wouldn't they if they're paying that much money? So as of now, you agree this is Russell Wilson's team and that he's going to start airing it out? I don't know if he's necessarily going to be airing it out. But remember, he's now played four years in the league. Yeah. So I'm one of those people. The adage used to be, it takes five years to develop an NFL quarterback. Okay? Yeah. I think that still holds up. 
But because of free agency, because of the enormous amount of money, we've kind of twisted the rules a little. Okay. Mm-hmm. I look at two guys last year who had career years. It was their fifth year. Cam Newton and before he got hurt, Andy Dalton. Mm. So I look at now Russell Wilson, who got really a taste of that. Now, I don't think the Seattle Seahawks, the way they're built defensively and the way they're built with Pete Carroll, will ever be this quote-unquote air-it-out team. Although Tyler Lockett is going to be something to watch this year. Yeah. They're going to find a lot of different ways to get him the football. Second-year player at Kansas State. Looks like he has a lot of potential. Uh, Russell Baxter here on the What the Falk Show. Sir, uh, we're getting to that 25-minute mark. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you taking the time. So if I got to just ask you just one more question, and then I got a bonus round, just two questions that you couldn't prepare for. It's kind of off the top of your head. Are you Falcon ready? Absolutely. Absolutely Falcon Lully. Okay, first question. Can you give me a Super Bowl prediction? You don't have to give me a winner or loser, but who are two teams? Seahawks in Houston. Wow. Everywhere. So if people are listening to this episode haven't figured out, you are high on Lamar Miller and you were high on the Houston Texans overall. Well, I, I, I kind of like the irony. Listen, we've been waiting 51 years yeah. for a team to play its Super Bowl. In their home stadium, stadium, right? Oh my so God. why not it be the team that was the last team to join the league? Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's that's fucking great. Houston, Texas. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I guess I have the Cardinals rated high, but after a bad preseason from what I've seen from the offense, do you think that they might not be, they might take a step back or think they're going to be up there in, the, in one of the top no, of the... I think they might take a step back, but not for the same reasons you are. I didn't like the way they finished last year. Okay. okay. Getting yeah. blown out at home. Um, in uh, by the Seattle Seahawks in the last game of the season. I know Tyron Matthew was hurt, but just the way they kind of struggled late last year, and they had a career year. No Cardinal team in history, which goes back to 1920, had ever won more than 11 games in a season. They won 13. Yeah. But I think that game and then struggle with Green Bay, I mean, Green Bay's a good team, you know, but they let Green Bay back in the game at the end and went into overtime, and then getting embarrassed in the NFC title game. I, I agree with you. I, I think Arizona could take a little bit of a step backwards. Okay, so so far on the show, Russell Baxter, profootballguru.com, creator of that, just overall football expert over 30 years experience, ESPN, NBC, CBS, Yahoo, Fanside, Bleacher Report, anywhere and everywhere your expertise is out there. So, Super Bowl prediction, you talked about, you like the Houston Texans, you like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think the Jets are going to be a so-so team. I got to ask you, here we go on the bonus question round right here. Rapid fire. Here we go on the What the Falk Show. First question, A-Rod or Favre, better player, go. Better career, Favre, better player, Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. Okay, next question. Who would you rather go on a vacation with, Tim Tebow or Johnny Manziel? <laughs> 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 I, think, I think it'd probably be t- uh, Tim Tebow because I, I, I get the feeling he would at least have an itinerary. Yes, yeah, so you don't get arrested or get, you know, get, uh, <laughs> well, die. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to I think Tim, Tim Tebow's vacation might be a little more planned out. Absolutely. Okay, next final question. Who plays you in the biopic, the Russell Baxter story? Oh, I've had people ask me this before. Uh, probably John Goodman. John Goodman. I love it. Okay, here on the What the Falk Show. Mr. Baxter, I absolutely appreciate you taking the time. Give some great point of view and expert on the national football season about to kick off. America, folk, yeah. And if, if you wouldn't mind, can I have you just go ahead and take a second, maybe like five to ten seconds, and go ahead and say goodbye to the listeners and go ahead maybe... What I've been doing here is I've been having my guests kind of do my own promo. Like, here's my episode on the What the Falk Show. I'm going to talk about this. Hi, I'm Russell Baxter. I'm the founder of Pro Football Guru. You can find me on Twitter at Bax Football Guru, and you're listening to The Falk Show which has been an awful lot of fun to do. Fuck yeah, I absolutely appreciate that. I had a great time talking to you, sir. I love football. I'm so excited about having you on the show and for listeners to hear this and for football to start. So Mr. Baxter, have a wonderful evening and hopefully we'll keep in touch over the season, okay? You got it. Thank you.
Thank you, sir. That was Russell Baxter, ProFootballGuru.com, worked on ESPN, NFL Primetime, worked on CBS, NBC, Yahoo, Fanside, Bleacher Report. The guy knows his football. He was a very knowledgeable, really nice guy. Coming from the East Coast, I really appreciate him taking the time. And there we go on What the Falk Show. Another preview of the National Football League from an expert point of view. And what did you get? You got some witty informational conversation found in this interview. Whether you're tired, you're bored at work, you're stuck at school, you don't want to, you don't want to listen to the same song on the radio for the eighth time, stuck in traffic like I am in Los Angeles, you want to hear some informational conversation, that's what you got. You find the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Pod Directory, my parents' phone, and the text message I just sent you. We're also on Facebook, my WTF show, and Twitter, my WTF show, and Instagram, my WTF show. If I can get the courage and be entertaining enough, I will also make a Snapchat as well. I'm Connor Falk with the What the Falk Show. Thanks to my sponsors, Ferris Pizza and American Comfort Limousine. Find them at ferrispizza.com and AmericanComfortLimo.com. Thank you and have a wonderful Falcon week. I'll talk to you Falcon soon. And good luck to everybody for week one of fantasy football.